Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm very excited because we have a special guest. And this is Antoine Anderson. He has other books other than this one. But the the book that we're going to talk about today that he has written is called Journey to Fulfill Your Destiny. And I have read this book, and I have to tell you, it's very inspiring. And it's also... uh, very clinical in some ways. And so I'm really liking how able you are to apply these different ideas that he has. So Antoine, thank you and for being here today and tell all of our listeners hello. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm truly excited to talk with you for a few minutes. I'm, I'm excited. So thank you for having me. Hello, listeners. How are you guys doing out there? <laughs> thank you. So why don't we just start with, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then also tell us a little bit about this book that you wrote. Awesome, absolutely. So my name is Antoine Anderson. I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri. I moved down to Arizona back in 2004. I was truly blessed to meet my wife in August of 2005. We were married in 2006 in February, so it was a quick uh, courtship, if you will. We've been married, married now for 17 years. We have three beautiful children. Um, one is 21, one is 16, and one is about to be 14. We also are church planters. We are entrepreneurs, and we are you know people that are sold out for for the Lord. And the book came about really in the process of my journey, really trying to understand a lot more about what the Lord had for me to do. I uh, I've experienced a lot of different things in my life. I tried to go down a lot of different paths, if you will, for careers and such, and I never really could find anything that really was fulfilling. And so. As I started to really take my faith a lot more serious, this, the story of Joseph really stood out to me. I felt like it was able to connect to the things in my life. An interesting note is that when I was born, my mother actually named me Joseph. Oh, my, my goodness. Name Joseph, <laughs> Joseph on the birth certificate and everything. And then right before they, um, you know, certified everything, she changed it to Antoine. So I've always felt as though I had a special connection with Joseph, but his life really spoke to me, and I thought it would be a great way to connect people with their journey. Well, I think it it really is, and I also think it's timely because, you know, we have this onslaught against men, and men, how how they live, how they work, you know, what they're required to do and not allowed to do, and so there's a lot of 
I think some, I, I, don't, I mean, maybe oppression over men because they really don't know what they're allowed to do. Would, would that uh, make sense? Oh, absolutely. It's interesting uh, that you say that because one of the things that I felt the mission that I do is I, I do life coaching specifically for men. Yes. Uh, I help men understand how to build a more purposeful career, and I use biblical truth and biblical principles to apply that because you're right. Um, this day and age, the definition of a man is so almost fluid. It, it's yes. unreal. Yes. I think that if we can get back to the place of what God, how God describes what a man is, that, you know, we as a society would be doing a lot better. But on top of that, the reality is in every man's DNA, if I can say it this way, uh, there is a desire to be purposeful, to be yes. able to live a purposeful life, to be a provider, a protector uh, for a family and for their wife and such. And that's one of the things that we could feel very insecure about if we do not feel as though we're living a purposeful life. And so you're absolutely right. I do feel like there's an awesome on manhood, if you will, and it's something yes. that's really, really near and dear to my heart. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I work with so many men, and I really, I just love men. They they are game changers if we let them be, you know, and they're a lot less complicated than women. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> I enjoy working with men because once they get the idea, once they understand you know, who they are and what they're supposed to be doing and how God is working through them, they, they just take it and go. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really wonderful to see. And so, you know, men love to be coached. Women, they don't necessarily want to be coached, you know, and so men are a lot better at being coached. If they believe in the person that's coaching them, you know, they, they're going to go out and they're just going to try it. They don't like, argue with me and, and go, well, I don't know if that's going to really work. And what if we tried this? And can't I do that? You know, this is what women do. Now, I'm one of them, so I can, I'm allowed to make fun of our gender. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, so I just think this book is incredibly timely. And that's what I was really excited about. And, and so in this first chapter, okay, this is, I, I read this one part. It says, as we see at the beginning of Joseph's journey, the first step of this journey of fulfilling our destiny is to embrace and accept the Father's gift. So explain yeah. that, because I think that's wonderfully written. Yeah, I think that a lot of times when we talk about the onslaught, specifically on manhood, a lot of times men are so degraded or devalued or you know talked down to, and there's not enough um, dare I say, there's not enough language or there's not enough uh, empowering words that are given to us as men. And when that happens, we don't necessarily believe that we have some gifts or, we have, or God loves us enough to have gifted us. And so sometimes what happens is we do not embrace uh, his gifts. And when we don't embrace his gifts, that's one of the things that hinders our ability to really understand what our purpose is. And so for a person to take the first step on this we have to, one, understand that despite what our past looks like, despite what people say about us, despite what our experiences even may tell us, that God loves us enough that he has given us gifts. And we have to embrace, despite what those those people around you, those naysayers say, we have to embrace his gifts. We have to be willing to discover what those gifts are and to utilize those gifts. Like Joseph, if Joseph would, have, would not have received his father's gift of the coat or if he wouldn't have wore the jacket, if you will, that probably would have hurt his father. And I think some of us as men, we don't realize that we're, we, we are kind of hurting our father because we're not embracing the gift that he has given us. I think you're right. And, and I think this is, I think it's one of the scariest things I've seen in our country, maybe in our world, 
that there's this assault on men that, that they're, they're very misunderstood and they are accused of so many things. And yet we still require that they show up yeah. and do what they're supposed to do. You know, yeah, and so it's a little, you know, and and I'm not saying, you know, women, we have our own deal that we, you know, work with that the enemy attacks us on. and But with men, it's so sad to see that you, you kind of get to see the underbelly of men right now because they want to please. And women do yeah. not understand that. They don't yeah. see that in them. And so they're floundering all over the place trying to figure out, hey, I'm wanting to be in your life. I'm wanting to actually make your life work great. I'll do anything I can to make it work that way. And yet we have women that struggle with receiving that and not being able to trust that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you, you make a, a lot of great points there. And it, it is heartbreaking because mm-hmm. as a man, it's like when we are trying and we're un- being unsuccessful, but like you mentioned, the expectation is for us still to show up, and we're still supposed to show up and That's do right. the right. things that are expected of us. But then, what happens to the emotion? What happens to the the lack of clarity? What happens to the doubt, the discouragement that we have? A lot of men carry these things, and they don't know what to do with them. And it's almost like we sweep them under the rug, and next thing you know, that little bit of dirt that was under the rug becomes literally a heel, right. and we're tripping right. over, and we become agitated. We become you know, we disconnect, and, and there's so many different things that happen when we bury and we stuff those things. And I think it's important for us, again, to to be able to make a safe space, and that's one of the things that I, that I do as well. I have a group of friends and a group of men that I connect with, and we, we connect at least once a month, and it's no titles, because, you know, like I said, my wife and I work right, practice. Right. It's no titles. It's just Antoine and the men, and we're able to really be open, be vulnerable, be honest with one another, support each other, hold each other accountable, and Again, like you said, it's sad that a lot of times we are required to show up uh, despite what we're going through. That's right. And and you're supposed to perform. Absolutely. And you're supposed to take it if they, they don't like it. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and so it's, it's tough. And I've, I've said to women before, I've said, you know, you, you, you have to know the breed. And I talk about this relentlessly with my clients. I say, you know, men are a breed of humans. And so I'm not sure what, what you're seeing, but you have to know the breed. And you can't, you know, it's kind of like I say to people, you don't pet the cat backwards, right? Everybody knows <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> and so it's like, hey, if I understand men, <clears throat> then I know that I need to relax my body. I need to relax my face if I'm trying to say something that might be painful to him. Because otherwise, yeah. if I furrow my eyebrows, now I look like the scary person. And they're going to get you. defensive. And so... Women don't realize how many things men look for and are reaching for in order to get certain information. See, women, we don't generally do that. We're thinking all the time, and we're throwing it out there, and we're trying, and we're hoping that it it makes sense to people. Where men are actually gauging, hey, should I take a step forward? Should I walk away? You know, how, am I going to win here or am I going to be like thrown to the wolves and all the women are going to beat me up? <laughs> now that's, you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think it's interesting to hear, hear someone say it like that because you're right. Because one of the things that, you know, a man being a protector, yes. we have to gauge risk. That's you know, exactly Jesus talked right. about counting the cost, right? And so we do, a lot of times we measure, we kind of put uh, filters out there to see that's or right. gauge, you know, whether or not, should I, should I have this conversation? Should I not have this conversation? Right, right. And and, and, and imagine a man who 
is not connected with, with his father. He's not connected with the Holy Spirit. He's not connected with his purpose. He's not connected, you know, intimately to a point where he can have more confidence in himself. Then when you have that same man that's not connected to the father, the Holy Spirit, that's not connected to other men of faith, what does it look like for him to measure that? And, and that 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 becomes so much more scarier for him. And then yes. how does he how does he demonstrate that fear? Because again, if you're afraid, a lot of people say that you should you're not a man if you're afraid. Right. There's so many different dynamics that are at play right there. Well, this is this is really fascinating, and I'm really enjoying this. And we're coming up on a break, so I want you to kind of think about, you know, if you have any ideas for men about this, if you have any. Um, ways or ways that you have had to contend with this and how you have continued to be the man that you know God has called you to be. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so thankful that you've joined in. And I also want to continue to encourage you to let your friends, your family know about the show and, and the help that it has given so many people. So today we have a great guest. His name is Antoine Anderson, and he's been through quite a bit in his life. And one of the reasons I wanted to have him on the show is that, you know, we're always looking at on this show this idea of what, where men are at and what's happening to men. And what we're doing in our society is we are taking all kinds of confidence away from them and we're having women compete with them. And good men never want to compete with women, right? <laughs> right. Yes. And so it puts them in a really difficult position because they can never really win. Yeah, that's true. That's a very true statement. So when you thought about this whole thing about Joseph, and he's this young man, and, and he's wanting to do the right thing, and he's not exactly sure how to do it, and, you know, what, what was it about that that gave you some, some feelings of camaraderie with him? Well, for me personally, you know, it, I find myself a lot on my journey, I'm always finding like I, I found myself in situations that, first and foremost, I didn't actually be in. Um, but it always felt as if I was always sort of pointed out. And I, granted, I know that the world does not revolve around me, but when you're in your own story, your own movie, if you will, you're always right, the, right. The, the, the star, if you will. And so I was able to connect with like the up and down journey, things that are going well, and then boom, something happens to set me off course. But I was able to connect to, there was always something within me. I remember my, my mother, as a young man, my mother told me, that, you know, she believed that God had a calling on my life. And for whatever reason, throughout everything that I've gone through, that always stuck with me. And so when things would go crazy in my life, I would always remember her saying it. And I would always say, well, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm marching towards something that I just can't see. And, you know, for whatever reason, again, that one little statement that my mom made to me years and years ago, stuck with me when I was going through difficulties, when I was going through betrayal from my friends, when I was going through feeling alone, when I was going through things that I just couldn't explain. I would always remember her saying, God has a calling on your life. And I will be very honest, that it wasn't always a great, you know, God has a calling on my life. Sometimes it was like, man, well, can God have a calling on someone else's life if this is what I have to experience and this is what I have to go through? And so being able to see how even through times when I felt like I was at rock bottom and God was able to lift me up it was not because of my education. It was not because of my uh, my relationships. It was not because of my bank account. 
it was genuinely because he just had a calling and his hand and his favor was always on my life. If I can go through many different stories, we'll probably be here on here until tomorrow. <laughs> but there were different times when I entered into entry level jobs and I would be the one who got promoted or I would be the one who would be connected to the CEO or the managers and such. And you could just see that people were so drawn to me that I couldn't explain it. And it was only because, like I was just like Joseph, it was just God's favor, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. it. Was just God's favor on my life. Well, I think that's that's amazing because I I think sometimes people, I'm glad that you let me go back. I, I'm glad that you explained it the way you did because I think many times people miss when God is trying to give them favor in a particular direction. And so I like the fact that. It was it was interesting to me when you said, you know, but my mom always told me I had a gift. My mom always told me I had a gift. And you see, right. that's even incredibly poignant in terms of a woman's presence in a man. I mean, I, I say to women all the time, why do you think we have cheerleaders at football games? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> We're not on the field, okay? And nothing's yeah. going to happen to us and our our reputation if you lose the game, right? But we're yeah. out there cheering them on. And so many times women have forgotten how powerful their presence is and how much men yearn for their, um, for accolades, for, you know, like to say, hey, you really do matter, you really do good things, and they miss the fact that men live for the points, right? Absolutely. I think that it's, it's important to understand that the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we we do look for that affirmation. I mean, you come from the standpoint of not even just a mother, but a spouse, a significant yes, other, someone yes. to be able to say, you know, like you said, good job or, you know, be very encouraging. That's one thing that my wife and, I, and I'm, I'm blessed mm-hmm. to be able to have my wife, because if it was left up to me, I would not have this amazing woman. But my wife always tells me things like, how's my, when she knows I'm going through some things, how's my mighty man of God doing? How's my oh, millionaire I husband doing? I love that. I know, love she, that. She, and she edifies me because that's the part the Bible says allow our words to edify and be building up. And so she always encourages me with her words. And it's important to remember that, you know, that, that, that when we speak life or we speak death, are we speaking blessings or are we speaking curses? And whether, you know, men or women want to acknowledge it or not, women's words are powerful, especially when it comes to men. They're very powerful because yes. we, like you mentioned, we desire, we yearn for that. Yeah. Whether people want to acknowledge it I, or I, not, I tell, that, that is yes. important. I tell women all the time, they live for the points. Do you understand they live for the points? If you open a door, if they open a door for you and you smile, you've made their day. I mean, Absolutely. It's just, and so it's important for women to also, I think, really understand and take this to heart that our society is now generalizing men in a way that they've never done before. And women are contributing to the generalization of who men are. It used to be that we were generalized all the time. You know, that right. it's, just a, it's just a woman, it's a girl, they don't know what they're talking about, they have no idea what's going on. <clears throat> you know, and I'm, I'm blonde, and so I would always get the ditzy dumb blonde, right? And so it, it can go both ways. But, but if we're in relationship with someone, it's important to recognize, hey, this man is living for me. And yeah. whether I know it or feel it or understand it or see it, that's how God made them. Absolutely. And I think you, yeah. you bring up a lot of great points there. I think the generalization, and mm-hmm. it's, it's heartbreaking, honestly, because uh, I think that a lot of times 
as a man, as a husband, we're, we're people want us, women specifically want us to be traditional, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. to the point that, it, that it's beneficial to them. Right, said that right. right. I'll, oh, this doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stir, stir too many right. uh, coffees, if you will. But uh, the reality is sometimes they want us to be more traditional, right? But then there, there are other aspects that they want us to pull back on. And so sometimes I've had a lot of my brothers feel like, hey, when I want to be the man, when I want to take lead, you know, my wife is offended, telling me I'm trying to be controlling, but I'm just trying to lead like God right. told me to lead. Well, it goes back then, to that never feeling like you can do anything right. There it goes. That's yes. exactly where I was yes. leading, and they don't yes. know which way. They don't know which direction to go. Yeah, I, and and see, and I think that's where I I like to help clients with a practice of what we call a reset. And so when things get too muddy, too cloudy, it's kind of like, you know, how squids in the ocean, they ink, you know, and then nobody mm-hmm. can find them. And so we kind of do that. We kind of like throw something out there so that we get people to not think about maybe what's going on with us. And so, oh, I love that, yeah. Yeah, so I think it would be good to talk about that in the next segment. We have a, a, you know yeah. about a minute, and then I think that would be helpful for men to really talk about how you come out of that and how you work with that. So I'm glad that, that we're talking about this because I, I have a, a very deep passion for men, and I see men differently I, I know than other women do and it's not a slight to women you know it's just I just can see the fact that wow in our world right now we are really beating up the people that are really wanting to have our back and that's yeah. men so let's talk more about that in the next segment this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia I have Antoine Anderson with me and we are talking more about this in the next segment so tune in and don't go away Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today and also for checking out the website and all the things we have on the Internet for you to just inspire you and to keep you really practicing being the best version of you, not of somebody else, but the uniqueness of you. And so we have Antoine Anderson on the show today, and I'm very happy to have been able to to talk with him and meet with him. And I'm excited about this next little segment that we're going to do. And Antoine, introduce yourself to people and let them know also what you do, okay? Absolutely. Again, my name is uh, Antoine Anderson. Uh, My wife and I planted a church called 210 Church in South Phoenix. I also am a life coach for men, very specifically helping men of faith build a more purposeful career and get connected to their calling. Uh, that God has placed on their lives. Oh, I love that. So we were talking in that last segment just about how confusing the world is for men right now, at least and especially in the United States. It's like all the rules that you grew up with or that come naturally to you seem to not fit anywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you made a mention, you made mention about a a reset. And I love, I love that thought. I love that thought about a reset. And I, and I think that, you know, it would be nice if we could do it on a grand scale. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think it's helpful. You know, I use that a lot where I say, okay, I'm getting way out in the weeds. I'm starting to get a lot of really negative emotions. I need to just do a reset. So I'm going to breathe. You know, and I know it sounds really like crazy therapy, right? <laughs> Breathing and all that. Well, but that's what we need to do because 
air, air is the most important thing for all humans. And so if we take in a deep breath and get oxygen, it puts us in a different part of our brain. Because when we're stressing, you know, we're over in the right side of our brain, which is where the amygdala is, and that's where the fight, flight, or freeze comes into play. So if we go out into the world locked and loaded, and then we're going to accuse the world of treating us poorly, that's where we need to understand, hey, my presence, what am I doing with my presence? And so if someone doesn't, doesn't recognize it or appreciate it, I still know I did the right thing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that that's why that restart, that reset, excuse yes, me, is so yes. important. Yes. And, and you know, and then reset, it takes, it, it's, it doesn't even have to take a long time. You know, it's like I can just simply relax my shoulders and say, okay, I'm going to think differently now. I'm not going to go down that path. It's not helping me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I practice. I know you said it may sound, you know, whatever, but I practice, you know, meditation. And every, every morning I get up and I have what I call biblical affirmations, one of the things that I get to the people that I work with and even my congregation. And you know, the Bible says that David encouraged himself. And I encourage people to get biblical affirmations and say them to yourself because, again, life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's right. And I'll stand in front of, in front of the mirror and I'll say things like, I am the head and not the tail. God has called me to be the lender and not the borrower. And right. I am more than a conqueror. Things like that to kind of help my mental to remember who I am. Because that, for me, on the grand scale, if you will, the reset says, I need to go back to God. I need mm-hmm. to start back That's with God. Right. I think that's one of the things that, if I could say it this way, that is very will be better, very beneficial for us is if we go back to the source, go back to who created us, who that's designed right. us, and that's that is right. our relationship with God. And that's one thing that I had to do back in I think it was like 2011. I really had to go back and lay it all bare before the Lord. I remember making this commitment that you know that God, if you know, if you could just speak to me, whatever you say to me, I will I will believe it. I'm gonna start reading your word. I'm going to start believing it, and I'm going to follow it no matter what it says. And for me, that was my, dare I say, my heart reset. Yes, and that's why yes. I believe that my my ability to connect with others and to help them walk through that process and why the book, in my opinion, is so powerful is because it's a very practical, easily applicable, go back to the source. Let's start with the fact that God that created the heavens and the earth, he created you. That's he right. thought about That's right. you. He knitted you in your mother's womb. And in him, him knitting you in your mother's womb, he's giving you gifts. That's and right. that's why it's so important to embrace that. I have to embrace the reality and not be ashamed and not feel bad that God loves me enough, despite my failures, despite my shortcomings, despite the things that I did right, despite the things I did wrong. God loved me enough to give me gifts, talents, abilities. He spoke something over my life. And I have to embrace that despite how other people treat me, how other people feel about me. And, and it's, it's that embracing, in my opinion, that can help us with that reset because we realize that it's not something that I've earned. It's not something I can purchase. It's this reality that the God of all creation, who I was created by, he gave this to me. And yes, I need to go yes. back and start with that to get my thinking back, well, of I, course. I love that. And, and so we have one more segment, and this is the, the longest one. And I think that would be a really important time to talk about men, how they reset themselves so that they don't just keep walking around locked and loaded, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. 
And we are going to have Antoine Anderson one more time. So please make sure that you don't walk away or miss the show. And if you do, you can always go to the podcast and you can download it that way and listen to this. So we have one more segment and I'm looking really forward to this. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I'm so grateful that you tuned in today and that you also share the show with your friends and your family and that you are so gracious to me on Facebook and and on all the different mediums that we have. And so today I have a wonderful gift for you. This, This gentleman has worked really hard in his life and he is truly a beacon that we could that, that men could really actually compare themselves with and recognize it hey this guy's on our side and he's got some ideas for us to be able to be the men that God has called us to be and his name is Antoine Anderson and his book is journey to fulfill your destiny and it is a great read and the one thing that I liked about it is that it has prayers at the end of every chapter and they're very poignant so Antoine say hello to our our listeners God bless all of you being excited to be here today and really enjoying our conversations today. Thank you. Well, you know, we left off in this last one, that last segment, just about the, the onslaught, the shame that we are doing to men, that they are shamed in so many ways. And, and so they kind of don't know what to do. And then I think, and I know what happens, is they start to harbor a lot of anger because they're not allowed to be angry because if they're angry, they're bad men, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So what would you say to men about this particular issue? Like, Because we talked about the reset in the last one, and we're kind of bringing that back into this segment, about yeah. being able to reset themselves and let go of some of that anger, no matter whether it is warranted or not. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing that um, I would say to, to my, my brothers is, you know, like uh, Cynthia said, we gotta we have to be willing to to move forward, if you will, and to let some of it go. And the best way to do that is to really get connected with God. Yes. And some of us, if you're if you're not a not connected with God, I would encourage you, you know, to find some uh, church or, or some group close to you where you can get a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ and kind of start that process. If you're already in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to get connected with a group of men, a pastor, or someone who can really kind of slow some stuff down because that's what what I had to do. Things were moving so fast in my life that I needed to get connected with someone who could slow some stuff down and bring me back to the basics. Uh, so for me, and this is just for me, you know, a lot of times we hear a lot of the theological talk, and you know, I do have a bachelor's in theology and stuff, but we hear a lot of the theological talk that people can talk over our heads when I believe that Jesus is more practical. More Absolutely. Listen, do this, yes. do that, do this. And Amen. So that, I love and that. that. And that's why, you know, the my writing style is more like conversation. I really wanted to be able to connect with people on a very practical level and be able to set some ABCs in place. And I'm not one that believes that our faith is a formula, but I do believe that if we start with God, we start with Christ, we start with the Word and get connected with other people, there are some very practical things that we can do. And so for my brothers, I would say, you know, really start leaning in to your relationship with the Father. And what does that look like? Start you spending know, time I think, in the Word. See, I think that's something... I just thought about this while you were saying that. I think you could that would be something really helpful for you to talk to men about this because you know that men are more concrete, right? So they yeah. want to do something. So when we yeah. talk when we talk to you guys about hey, just be thinking good thoughts and blah blah blah, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for men. 
So right. what, how could you give them, what, what would be some things that you could encourage them to do when they get all tangled up inside and they get angry? Yes. Yeah, the first thing is to, to spend time in your word. I know that sounds really cliche, but let me let me explain why spending time in the word is very mm-hmm. important. It's like a vehicle, like yes. our cars, right? Man, we love our vehicles, we love our cars. <laughs> if you put the if you put the wrong gas in your car, your car won't perform as good as it could. And so you gotta make sure you got some good gas to go into your car so that your car can perform at its highest level of performance. Putting the word in reading the word, spending time in his word is like putting good fuel in your car, putting good fuel in your heart, putting good fuel in your life. Because as Jesus said, in this world, we will find trouble. So there are going to be things that come at us. But when we got the word in us, we have a habit of reading the word every morning, five minutes, 10 minutes, devotions, Proverbs, something, put good fuel inside of you so that it can help to start to change your perspective, transform your mind, renew the way that you think. And then I would encourage you to spend time praying. And for me, how I define prayer with my congregation and the people that I work with, it's a conversation with God. It's not just, you know, Cynthia didn't call me and say, hey, Antoine, we want to do this today. We're going to talk about this and hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. We had a, a conversation, That's a dialogue. Right. She speak, she's speaking, giving space for me to speak. Do the same thing when you have a conversation with God. Speak, talk to God like we're talking. And allow him space to speak to you, which means we'll have to be quiet. <laughs> and if, I think that if if we do those two very practical things, if you don't do anything else, if you do those two those those two practical things, you will start to see things in your life change. You will start to see your heart softened up. You will start to see things that will start making sense. You will start to see your ability to overcome difficulties and challenges in your life. You will start to see those things shift because the word in itself is the one that transforms. Well, and, and then see, the, I think it's important to remind them too that even if you don't understand what the word is saying to you, it's from God, it's from Christ. So it will begin to, you know, emanate within you. You know, you don't absolutely. have to understand it immediately the first time you read it. It's kind of like if you get a new car, you have to, you know, keep reading the owner's manual a couple of times. And even like a new iPhone. That's I mean, right. Because we got, got <laughs> yes. new iPhones, and it's like, you know, I don't even know what this thing really can exactly. do. I'm just making calls and text messaging. And, I, and, I, and that's why I normally tell people, start in the book of Proverbs. Yes. Or the, the Gospel of Mark. And then this, depending on, you know, what environment I'm in, this might be a touchy subject or not. But I always tell people, look, find the translation that you understand. Because Jesus tells us something. He says that the Holy Spirit is the one who does the teaching. And so if God can use a donkey to speak to someone. He can use whatever translation he needs to connect with you. And so to me, Proverbs is kind of directly a good, good direct uh, conversation, if you will, the book of the gospel of Mark also, and then finding a, a gospel, excuse me, a translation that you understand. And like Cynthia said, you don't have to prepare yourself to go teach a, a college <laughs> course on it. It's really just getting it inside of you so that you can start to transform your mind. That's right. It's kind of like, you know, when you get, when you fall in love with someone and you have to get to know their idiosyncrasies, you know, it's kind of like in the beginning, everything seems perfect. And then, you know, as you go, you know, as you go forward, it's like, man, things are coming out that I didn't know I had in me or I didn't know (laughs) I felt that way. And, and so I think it's really important, especially for men, to recognize that falling in love with Jesus is the same thing that you do when you fall in love with your comrades. He's a comrade. He's a comrade. And That's he's absolutely got right. your back all the time. And it's like, and I love, yeah, go ahead. 
No, so I, lo- I love the uh, example you used earlier about cheerleaders and being on the field and, and yes. you know, points. Jesus is, is your teammate. Yes, He's that teammate yes. that you can depend on. He's that one that when you fall or you make a mistake, he's going to come if you're playing football and lift you up and pat you on the That's butt right. and say, it's all right, we got to go to the next play. Jesus well, is and, that person. Well, and you know, Jesus also is that guy that doesn't have to be the quarterback all the time. You know? Absolutely. And we forget about that sometimes. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. He's not that one trying to steal the glory. He, right, he's not that right. he's not the egotistical. That's no, right. he's the he's the perfect teammate. That's exactly right. Yeah, he it's it's amazing when you start to really understand God and we'll never fully understand him. It'll take eternity to even get to know <clears throat> one little bit of him. He's so magnificent, right? But, and that, but you know, it's it's good. That's a great point that you say that because sometimes I think that that's another piece that hinders a lot of us. Yes, especially if, uh, is that we because we don't know all of it, we won't move. Right, and it's, it's like right. you just said, we will not know. We often take everything that we know about God, put it together, and we still don't know it all. Well, it'll and take so it'll it's, take eternity to know God. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's a great great point. Well, I'm so glad that you were on the show today. I really am. And I'm glad to know you're in Phoenix because I think I need to call you and have you go to dinner with me and my husband, you and your wife. That would be great. I that would love would to phenomenal. do that. Okay, so we'll set that up because that's that could be very fun. And tell everyone again how they can get a hold of you, um, what, what you're doing, you know, all those kinds of things, how they can get to you on online, whatever you want to do. Yeah, so, uh, so essentially my wife and I, again, we're church planners. We have a church called 210 Church. <laughs> if you want to connect with our church, you can simply go to 210.church. It's the number two, and then 10 spelled out, T-E-N, dot church. You can find everything you want to find out about our congregation. If you want to get this book, I would encourage you to, to look it up. It's on Amazon. I'll, I'll provide the link to Cynthia. Maybe we can put it in the footnotes That'd be in the great. description. Yeah. yeah. And then if you want to connect with me on a personal level, those of you who are looking for a coach, a life coach, I, I will be grateful to have a conversation to see if you know, our, our, our visions aligned. I'll, I'll give Cynthia the, the link for that as well. Good, yes. But more importantly, you know, I would just, if I could say it this way, I just want to encourage people. I want to encourage men to remember that God has given you so much. God is not the one that creates junk. He doesn't create people by accident. He knew that this season of life was the season of life that you needed to be in. He could have put you in any generation but he puts you in this generation. That means, and I could be just naive, I could be too optimistic, but in my opinion, that means that this world has, needs something from you, something from you very specifically. God has put something in you that we need in this world, and I want to encourage Amen. you to get connected with yes. him so that, so that you can live it out, because we need you. Despite what your past says, we need you. I love that. I, I am so glad that you said that because I think, you know, the enemy is just beating us down so badly that we sometimes just lose heart. And that's what you and I don't want people to do. We don't want them to lose heart, you know. Absolutely. And so we have to keep, you know, picking ourselves up. We also have to take advantage of the people in our lives that, that do love us and and get some energy from them so that we're not trying to you know create all of our own energy and getting exhausted in the process you know Amen. so i think it's important so tell us again your church so that if they're wanting to visit that i would love to have them do that it's a 210 church and if they want to go to the website it's the number 210 t e n dot church that's again that's 210 dot church and where is it in the valley 
it is in South Phoenix off of Seventh Street and Baseline. It's oh, just perfect. east off east of Seventh Street. It's the second church on the south side of the street. Okay. Well, that you know, because I grew up in Tempe, so I know exactly where that is. <laughs> Interesting enough, we we actually started in Tempe, and really, the the, the, the test the testimony of our church is amazing. We probably would have to spend a whole other show explaining that. Yes, <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Well, this is this is fun. So we have about two minutes left. So what would you like to leave the listeners with? Again, I mean, for the most part, you know, I, I'm sometimes, I guess I can say I'm too much of a, a person that loves to kind of just, I don't want to say blows. I, I just love encouraging people. <laughs> Let me say it that way. Because yes. some, some, some people got to get upset with Antoine. You know, you always are, you know, I had one guy tell me one time about my preaching style. You know, you don't talk about sin enough. I'm like, listen, we all struggle with sin. We already know what sin is. Exactly. Not to say that sin is not bad, because it is. <laughs> but we get a, we get enough of that on a day to day, and we need to be able to understand that God He loves us, and that's why that's the name of our church. Two ten comes from Ephesians two ten, and we use the New Living Translation that says, "For you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the work that He has prepared for you long ago." And it is of my heart desire for people to understand that God sees you as his masterpiece and he is prepared a work for you. That's why your gifts are so important. That's why your talents are so important. That's why it's important to understand that the work is just not done within the four walls of the church. The work is done in the workplace. The work is done out in the community. And if we understand our gifting, then we know that God has some major things, some important and some amazing things for us to do. And he wants to use you. He loves you enough. He trusts you enough to put gifts inside of you and to send you into a world that needs light, that needs salt, and ultimately needs you. Oh, I love that. Thank you for, just thank you for giving that, just that piece right there. Because I think that, you know, the enemy of our soul loves to tell us that we're not worthy of anything and that, or that, that he's lied to us about people and said they don't know what they're doing and they don't, you know, they're just out to get you. And so I think yeah. it's really important for people to say, you know, this is what I tell people. Why don't you just try Jesus? You, you know, there he's, it not, is. he's not going to make you do anything, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's no, there's no really any risk for you. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And we will have you back again, Antoine. And tell people again how to get your book. Uh, they can go to Amazon.com. I'm going to make sure that there's a link forwarded in the, in the podcast description so they can click on it. But uh, Amazon.com. Okay. Thank you so much, Antoine. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-